Hello, everybody, and welcome to Grand Slam KBO, our weekly podcast on the Korean Baseball League. This is week 13 for us, and on this show, we'll be devoting most of our attention to the KBO's bottom club, Hanwha Eagles. Grand Slam KBO Hall of Fame Edition 12 will be here towards the end of the show as well. You can find us on social media at Grand Slam KBO, at Chimek Baseball, and at Grand Slam Hyder. Check out our YouTube channel for more videos and content on Korean baseball. My name is Andrew Farrell, and this week we have an all-star cast featuring Matthew Kerr, a returning Bradley Hyder, and Hanwha's long-suffering fan, Virgil Hodges. Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, Hello. Good. Let's start quickly with, with Bradley. We haven't uh, spoken to you for quite a while. It got too big for us after your ESPN appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, I was traveling a little bit. I think I may have found a book. You know, one of my two books that I read every year, so. <laughs> um, and now with the, the Hall of Fame coming up later, you're still sitting on that uh, big fat donut of zero uh, nominations into the, the Hall of Fame. This could be your week, though. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I'm very optimistic. Mm. Uh, Matthew, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Um, in honor of Virgil Hodges, who's patiently waiting on the line, you're sporting a, a classic Bing Gray Eagles uniform there. That I am. Just a bit of a lovely little replica with a slight change to gunpowder family on the right shoulder. Um, for anybody who's watching or listening to this who wants to get hold of old KBO uniforms, um, is there a particular site or store that they can purchase beautiful merchandise like that? Uh, there are a couple. I believe that uh, Yago Love is still licensed to do quite a lot of the old uniforms and jerseys. Um, Thomas St. John, who um, is involved quite a lot in old uniforms, he has a large collection that I believe he sells on occasion. And it's possible if you have the specifications to get them custom made as well, much like I did for my Chumbo Pintos uniform. But usually Yago Love is the way most people go. Cool. Yeah, good love. I might post a, a link to that at the bottom. Yeah, some of their some of their uniforms are absolutely brilliant. And dreads are okay. Virgil Hodges, we spoke to you two years ago on the show. Welcome back to Grand Slam KBO. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? We're all good. We're all good. How are you doing though? I think this is the big question with the uh, the Eagles <laughs> uh, propping up the table yet again. Uh, it feels like before 2018. So, the long life of a suffering Hanwha Eagles fan. Um, this week or this month, there seem to be some signs of a turnaround in their season. They seem to be playing a little bit better. I remember reading at one point they'd lost whatever it was, like all eight games or something against the LG Twins, and then they turned around and swept them, didn't they, last week? Yeah, they had lost, I believe, the first eight or nine, and then, yeah, they, they swept the two-game series. So that was their first and second, and then they ended up actually winning three in a row for the first time on the entire season. <laughs> um, and just before I let the boys come in here as well, I think I read you writing one time on um, my KBO. You can correct me if I got this wrong. You called yourself a baseball fan first and a Hanwell Eagles fan third. So what, uh, where, where are your other allegiances when it comes to baseball? Uh, I'm from Missouri, so I am a St. Louis Cardinals fan uh, before a Hanwha Eagles fan. 
out of longevity. Cool. And uh, Kim Guangyun, uh, part of that roster now. Yeah, yeah, it helps definitely because now I can actually watch some Cardinals games without needing the MLB package from back in the States. So saves me $100 a year. So that's good. Um, it's, it's, I got to admire your persistence with the Hanoi Eagles because Bradley over here, as we know, changes clubs regularly enough. He'll follow the team that tends to appear near the top of the table. Maybe you could teach Bradley a thing or two on how to really support a baseball club. um so no games anymore do you want to let us know uh virgil what was like for your um experience inside the ballpark before the government made the decision to close them down again yeah i mean uh so hanwa didn't get to have games didn't get to have fans back the same time that the other clubs did because we had a late surge of fan or of infection so once we were allowed back in i went back uh it was a it was a monday makeup game and uh i actually got there an hour and a half early because i was expecting it to be really difficult to get in and it was a rainy day so there was actually nobody in line so i went and you just do these little things where they check your temperature, uh, you do a QR code to get in. And then from there, like you go in and they got little markers on the floors everywhere that says like one meter. And then you have the security people walking around with signs saying one meter and masks and all of that. And it was, it was definitely strange. Like it had a, almost like a creepy feel to it. Like, you know, you're, you're sitting in there in the stands and like you're, you can hear everything. Yeah. Like you can hear, uh, they were playing SK and I could hear the SK, the SK players like yelling from the dugout. Like you can hear the, the camera shutters. Like wow. the strangest thing to me is like, you can hear the bullpen phone ring. <laughs> which is the you know my seats are on the first base side and you can actually hear the bullpen all the way in left field past the left field wall you could hear it ring like it was next to you it's just really really strange feeling mm. uh bradley would you would you describe it similar to the um maybe the atmosphere of a team practice uh it almost felt like if you've ever been to a spring training game mm-hmm. it was kind of like that but like way more subdued like you because you don't have people up and cheering and you know sk like they're ninth place team so they don't have fans traveling and most most people aren't traveling so there was no like counter to the hanwha side so normally when you go to a kbo game you have both teams going but because of this you don't so it's just hanwha fans basically you mentioned there that um the stadium was kind of cracking down on cheering like i went to a game over in jamshill myself and they were a lot more lax about the restrictions so could you tell us something about 
how strict Dejon was when you went there for the cheering culture or if it changed at all as the guidelines progressed? Yeah, uh, this was one of the hardest things to get used to. So uh, I before I went to the game, you know, I'd read in Korean all of the little things that like they can't cheer, there's no team cheers and all of this. And I'd watched <laughs> some of the games for, I think the Doosan game, but they, like in the Doosan game, the fans were up cheering and, and stuff like that. But then when I got to Hanwha, they like, we couldn't stand up for anything. Like if, you know, the team had actually come from behind to tie it uh, and we couldn't stand up to cheer when Hanwha scored a run, which was really, really strange. So like if someone would stand up, the cheer master would like get on the microphone and be like, sit, 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 sit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it, like, yeah, it, like compared to the other leagues, the, the rest of the league and the other teams I'm seeing, I'm just like, this is, this is a little much like why, why, you know, there's nobody in my section because of the rain. I was the only person in my entire section, my three row section, like nobody else was there. And I can't stand up and like be excited for a team coming back. Yeah. And it was just so it was, that was the hardest thing to get used to was not being able to stand. Would, would you say it was more like um, a gentle, like, oh, let, let's sit down and be happy sort of reminder or like, you know, like sit down and shut up, sort of get back in your seat sort of feel? I would say it was more of a sit down and shut up feel because really? like, yeah, because like, you know, everybody's excited and he's the cheer master. And so you're supposed to be like ready and cheering and everything. And then, but as soon as he sees somebody get up, he would like go to the mic, sit, 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 sit. So wow. it's kind of like the guy in South Park where it's just like hitting the kids like, sit out and study. <laughs> Do your school work. I don't, I don't want to sound too harsh or, or beat around the bush too, too much in this, but it's not like the Eagle fans get a huge amount to cheer for. You think that in a, a comeback uh, game like that or a couple of runs against the best team in the, in the country, they might allow them to this one opportunity to express the sheer happiness at scoring a run. Yeah. Like that, that was the thing is like, I understand like no singing and stuff like that and no sitting next to other people, but like to not let you stand up and cheer, that's ridiculous to me. Yeah. The, the weird thing was like, um, Jiho, you contacted, you contacted me as well about our experiences in the stands for his article, but a week or so ago. And like one of the follow-ups he had was he asked the league a bunch of questions. And from what it sounds like, there was no guideline from the league itself against fans standing up. Like, do you think that the Eagles cheerleaders or the Eagles staff just took it a little bit too far or do you think that was like a mixed message where the initial thing came down from the league of be strict on it and then lax afterwards and then they just forgot to lax it off after a while? Yeah, I, I, obviously I can't comment for him because I, I don't know what, what directions they're getting. But yeah, it, it felt weird to me. And I, I mentioned that to Jiho as well. 
the how it was so different watching on TV versus being at the stadium. And another thing is, is like I was at one of the Samsung and Hanwha games and or no, the KT or I can't remember KT or Samsung. And those fans were standing up and cheering on the other side. Yeah. Um, just someone asked both of you guys a question because um, unlike I only went to a football game while the sport was allowed back in. I didn't make it to a baseball game. And I know Bradley hasn't been to one for a while either. Um, there's a, there's a possibility that this could just open up like this, open and close, open and close like this for at least till the end of the season and then possibly next year too. And then who knows after that. Uh, the experience that Matthew and Virgil, the experience you guys have at a game, is that something you think you can just get used to? Or is it hard to go and watch baseball uh, in the stadium if, if these are the, the things you have to uh, adhere to? Uh, I mean, like, I love baseball. So I'm going to, like, I go watch... Hanwha, who's has a 220 winning percentage. I go watch, I go to watch baseball. The cheerleading aspect is what makes the KBO better for the fan than the MLB. But to me, like without the cheering and stuff, it really felt like an MLB game. So I wouldn't say like I wouldn't go to it, but I have a feeling that many Koreans would not want to go to it because it would take away a huge experience that is part of the KBO. That could entirely be like just based on the experience you had in Daejeon because in Jamshil, I'm sure that a lot of the fans on the Lotte side were not really following the guidelines. But even from the Doosan side, like they had a culture together about cheering where they replaced a lot of the key points with like Thunderstick claps or other such like that. Myself and a few other fans on the Lotte side actually managed to start chants ourselves by just starting the clapping, and then the rest of the fans would join in shortly afterwards. Like, there's enough of a established cheer culture from people who already know the KBO that it's going to be quite easy for people to adapt to it, provided stadiums like Daejeon will relax their restrictions a little bit. But just to me, like not being able to stand up seems a little bit excessive. Sit down and shut up. Um, yeah. Brad, you, you bought yourself a, a nice little dino's outfit for this season, didn't you? And uh, you can't even can't even bring it to a ball game anymore. Oh, you have it here. Oh, oh, he's, he's, he's got, got props. I can't watch the game without it. There we go. Uh, there we go. That's, uh, there it is. Do you want to explain to the people watching who don't have a, you know, this is this is audio yeah, only? Yeah, it's what like it? a, I mean, it's a, it's like a Halloween mask uh, made out of, uh, if you've ever had a Halloween latex mask, uh, but it's pretty big, like, and you actually see out of, I don't know what part of the mouth, but there's sort of, I guess if, uh, if dinosaurs have lips, it's uh, the corners, the corners of the lips where you yeah. see out of it. And uh, it, it's, it's latex, man. It, it's hot. It does not breathe. And sometimes when I'm watching the game in my dino's jersey, I put this on and uh, I, I get a straw and I drink my beer. Um, that was the question. Can you drink with that on? It, it can be done, obviously. I mean, I wouldn't have it if you couldn't, but uh, it's possible. Uh, the only question is now, should I get a, a, maybe a bear, a lion, and a tiger for when I change my team? Oh, my. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my, uh, I think this would be a lot of fun uh, at a ball game, and that's why I, I bought it, so. The dinos have that guy with that really cool outfit who turns up to the game sometimes. And even makes yeah, it I've met him a few times. We've had a, we've, uh, 
we've had, I'd like to say I've had a few drinks with him, but he, I don't think he's drinking because he can't, but uh, I can. But yeah, he's, he's kind of my, sort of my inspiration. And um, so yeah, I did it on the Amazon search latex Halloween mask. And uh, this was uh, the best product. I mean, this is a Velociraptor sort of thing. So uh, not as friendly as maybe um, as a plant eating uh, Brachiosaurus, but uh, this is the this is the dinosaur I see when I think of the NC dinos. That's that. Excellent. Uh, right very now. good. Uh, so that's the cheering out of the way, I guess. The a look at what baseball was like before it got shut down again. I know none of us here are working for the KCDC. Obviously, we're only reading what we can online, but. Does anybody have any? Okay, for, actually, a different question I want to ask you because I know that Virgil was engaged in a conversation about this on Twitter. The idea of potentially moving the five Seoul and Gyeonggi-do teams away from the capital area, the, their home ballparks, to play somewhere else, like in Pohang or Ulsan or whatever. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Do you think it'd be unfair, or does it not really matter without having um, without having any fans? If there's no fans allowed, then that's going to have some benefits in terms of um, just maintaining distancing for a lot of the fans and for the players in general. But the argue could then be made if the players live next to the stadium already anyway. Like I know for rel relative safety anyway, I know that the Lotte players live within a 10-minute walk of the stadium for the most part. So it shouldn't be that big of an issue for them to stay in their home ballparks. If fans are allowed, however, it's a terrible idea because it would just end up getting more people traveling between areas, which increases the risk of exposure via public transport, via KTX, via bus, via rail, whatever. And then inside of the cities, which otherwise may have had a low occurrence of the virus, will suddenly have a lot more risk factors involved. Mm. Uh, Daejeon could be sharing that nice little stadium in Chongju with uh, the Doosan Bears maybe yeah, it'd, be, it'd be interesting if the Doosan Bears had to go back to the greater Daejeon area to play their home games since they were originally from there as well um, what are your thoughts then on those um, yeah sorry Virgil yeah so uh, obviously like I think it could definitely happen uh, but I think now what we're seeing is I know Daegu yesterday reported 30 cases. So now we're talking about, you know, that's a possibility where maybe they're having too much. But when we talk about like fans being able to go in, I don't think that would be an issue at all because if the fans are allowed to go back in, then they're probably able to go back to their home stadiums. So without fans being yeah. in the stadium at all, I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, if you look at the what the MLB is doing, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan, and they just played a doubleheader where they were the home team in Chicago for the second game of the doubleheader, and they were the away team for the first game of the doubleheader. So it, it's obviously being done in the MLB where, you know, you're having other teams play, but – I find uh, I agree with with you, Virgil. It, it's being done in the MLB. I mean, my team, the Blue Jays, they're they're playing in Buffalo at a modified minor league baseball stadium. And to switch sports for a moment, the NHL uh, matches are all being played, but either in Edmonton and Toronto. And uh, I think the, the 
the sort of feedback I've heard from fans and journalists in the NHL is that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't seem to be an overwhelming advantage for any team. As long as they get to play, people can watch it on television. That's really what matters, I think. And the players are safe. So the question I was going to ask you originally, Dan, good instinct on this. I know we don't have any of the evidence to back up, but we want to say, are you guys confident that you might be able to go watch a baseball game again um, this season? I don't know. Season? Like, I, I hope so, but I severely doubt it. And if the stadiums do open up, I severely doubt my wife will give me permission to go. Best, best case scenario, playoffs? But, but no. Okay. No. Yeah, I hope I'm I mean, wrong. There's going to be no tickets then if it's playoffs. Interpark's just going to reserve more for the teams. <laughs> and for their, like, pe- chibble parent companies. Oh, Interpark. Is it worth noting that, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, there was no recorded transmission uh, of the COVID-19 at any uh, KBO or uh, K-League events. There was a person who, who later tested positive, was not showing signs, but followed all procedures and no one else got sick. So unless I'm wrong, I just want to you know get that out there. It's worth noting that the restrictions at the KBO put in place, like them or, or hate them, love them or hate them, um, they, they seem to work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's uh, the, same, the same topic we talk about all the time, though. Um, it's those churches. It's those churches. And I've seen all of you guys making those same points over and over again on the internet. Uh, Virgil, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> not, not really. I mean, the... <laughs> to me, like, there was so many, like, so many security people monitoring everything that, to me, like, I, w- I felt perfectly comfortable there. I felt more comfortable there than, like, going to, you know, any other place, like, going to Home Plus or even, like, walking to work where mm. here in Dijon, I'd say 25, 35% of people aren't wearing masks. So um, have things in Dejan actually gone up to the 2.5-ish like, alert level at the moment? Because there's a board game cafe in Seoul I usually go to. Shout out Dice Latte. But they ended up having to close doors for the gaming sessions because um, under like the 2.5 restrictions, all cafes and restaurants can do pretty much takeout only now rather than allowing patrons to sit in during business hours. Has Dejon gotten worse for that or anything like that? Uh, yeah, so that the 2.5 was nationwide. So now there was till after nine o'clock, there's no sitting down in restaurants. The big franchises only do takeout and stuff. Uh, so I work for a really, really large uh, academy. Now I teach kindergarten <laughs> and like first grade, but so we don't have as many students, but our our academy that teaches elementary, they are online now. And our academy that teaches elementary and middle school, they're online because they have over the, I think it's academies, if they have over 350 students, then they have to go online. They can't do in person, but because we don't have 350 students because we teach our kids five days a week, uh, we are still doing in person. Now, if they go to the level three, 
then we close down. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. Um, let's get on to the main part of this. We have to ask you then, Virgil, when we spoke to you before, as I said, the, the Eagles made it as far as the playoffs that year. It was a glorious uh, single season in day, John. There hasn't been anything like it since then. and There probably won't be either for quite a while, unfortunately. So explain to us, uh, using whatever vocabulary that you really want, what is it like to be a Hanwell Eagles fan today? Get the bleeper ready, ah. Andrew. <laughs> uh, the lawyers are contacted here so to be careful yeah, yeah. so uh, I think being a like a huge baseball fan growing up with baseball like how I see the game and how I see what Hanwha does is going to be different than a lot of people a lot of like casual fans uh, for me like I mean it's it's disappointing and like I would say it's embarrassing, but like it's it's baseball, so like I don't have any part in it. So I'm not I shouldn't be embarrassed, but at the same time, you know, when you know I talk to somebody like wherever I'm at and they're like, Oh, are you you like baseball? Yeah. Oh, who are you a fan of? And I'm like, Hanwa, and they're like, Oh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like it's okay because I'm a fan of the team that I, for the, you know, I've lived in Dijon since 2014. So I'm a fan of Hanoi. It doesn't matter if I move to Seoul or move to Busan or, you know, move to India, I'm still going to be a Hanoi Eagles fan. I'm not going to change teams just because they're bad. But when I watch, it's really difficult for me as a fan growing up playing, you know, I actually did some coaching and stuff. Uh, before I moved here, like to see them make these mistakes game in and game out and year in and year out makes it really difficult to watch where uh, sometimes I'm just like, no, I got to turn it off. Like, do you find that one of the major problems with Hanwha is that they continuously get like quality players in the draft and then just trade them away for in efforts basically to have an immediate response in the coming season like that seems to be a lot of the um, trade strategy for Hanwha that I've seen that they'll trade like Im Gi-young when he was just starting to find his footing they traded him over to the Kia Tigers they ended up trading over um, oh god oh what's his name Mugiwil oh Chalamok they traded Chalamok away when he was finding his footing as well and then eventually ended up trading him back in like do you think that they just need to invest a couple of seasons into dedicating themselves to rebuilding like what's it going to take to fix this Hanwha team uh, theory like, for days man what do we got <laughs> non-politically correct answer or politically correct answer uh, you you can go PG-13. There we go. <laughs> uh, basically... Okay, we'll, we'll give you a 15. We'll give you a 15. Go on. You get an R rating. <laughs> basically, the front office, before, years before, they would basically just try to sign any good player that was a free agent. They'd just throw all kinds of money at them with Eonggyu, Jonggunu, Jonggurom, Isongyeol. Uh, was a trade-in, but like they would just throw money at these older players. So 
they never developed their younger players. To me, like watching them and their draft picks, there's nobody denying that they're picking the good players. It's not like, oh, why would you pick this person? There's nothing standing out to, to me about that. So to me, it seems like they don't know how to develop their players. Yeah, like it's weird though. You look at the Futures League and Hanwha at the moment in the um, in their division anyway. They've got them, LG, the Heroes, Doosan, and the Wyverns, and they're top of their division. Like by a game and a half, fifty-eight games in, they're just dominating it. Why do they just not use this time when the season's basically a wash? Why not try and blood some of those new players and like continuously improve themselves? Like that's part of why Doosan constantly end up so low in the futures. They have successful players that they then bring up, and that lends to the success of the main roster. Yeah. So, honestly, I have no idea what decisions go into these things. I mean, like, I look at – I'm going to name players here, even though I probably shouldn't. Uh, you got guys like Noshiwan, who last year, I think he batted 180 – five with twice as many strikeouts as he had hits until you know the, the last few games he's been hitting really well but the guy's 19 years old why not leave him in the futures league to learn the strike zone you know up until this week he was batting below the mendoza line for his career and for the year with twice as many strikeouts as he had hits and then you have you know, and it's not like he's a defensive whiz where he, he leads the team in errors. So you mm-hmm. have like guys that should be developing in the second league and the futures league that they're bringing up who are absolutely losing confidence. When I watch the kid bat and, and I say kid, cause he's, you know, he's still eight, night to him bad. I'm just like, the guy looks like he knows he's going to strike out. Like, let him get really successful in the first league or in the second league, then bring him up when he has confidence. Yeah, and that like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then they have, you know, other guys who, and they, I think their biggest problem is they are attached to their older players. Like, they keep offering these two-year contracts to guys when I look at their, you know, their war, their batting average, their OPS and things like this, I'm like, why are you offering this guy a contract? Whenever, you know, you got a guy batting 220 who's not playing defense, who's a DH and who has 125 strikeouts on the season, but, you know, 14 home runs. is giving these contracts to these guys that are super old and why are you you know continually playing them when other players are outperforming them so like again when i watch them and i look at the futures league all the time and i'm like why is this person not coming up why are they why do they keep bringing up the same guys who are not having success in the second league instead of bringing up different guys from the or who, who are not having success in the first league in the KBO, why are they not leaving them in the Futures League? And why are they not bringing up the other guys to try out? 
kind of thing. It just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, agreed. Have you been following the Futures roster that much at all this season? Or have you been looking into alternatives of some players that people should look out for that they could maybe bring up? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I watch, I watch the Futures League and I look and see, you know, who's doing well and things like that. And it kind of just pisses me off, honestly. I, I hate to say it like that, but like I, I see these guys, you know, they got a catcher in the second league who's batting, who has a career 300 average and who has like 12 strikeouts on oh, the year. Oh, that's Hogan Higai? Or Hogan Higai? No, uh, I can't. I can't remember his name. Uh, Pucks. Uh, his name just escapes me for now. But yeah, like he's sitting there. I I just don't understand why they're not letting him come up. I mean, although JJ Hoon is having a probably I would say his best year yeah. for Hanwha right now, but in 2018 he was horrible. Mm. but they never brought they brought him up and he would get one at bat at the end of the game and you know as baseball players are extremely repetitive and superstitious and routine you know no one can get into a routine like that mm. yeah i know that there's um like i just mentioned also kim chung hyuk in small sample size has been looking good as a catcher for the futures team as well. But it'd be interesting to see when they'll finally give these guys a break and give them some playing time. Like when, after losing again today to Lotte, like you'd think that the Eagles front office would be like, right, now's the time. There's no fans in the stand to get upset about losing their money. Now's the time to blood some of these new guys and just get, get their, get the toes in the pond, so to speak, and just get them to play against KBO level hitting, which, as we all know, could be anywhere from single A up to MLB quality on any given day. Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't make sense to me. Like, uh, the catcher is Kim Chong-hyuk. He's, this year, he's batting 400. Mm. And he's not young. His first year in the league was 2010. So it's not like he's, you know, a young kid, but if you look, he's got five strikeouts on the year. That's five. Nuts. That's just ridiculous to me. And you got another guy uh, who, like, I don't have favorite players, but I do have guys that I'm like, oh, finally. Like another guy, Kim Hae-sung, mm. who has tremendous power who's I think he's on like a nine game hitting streak in the second league. Uh, but you got, they continue to keep going with Song Gwang Min, who is batting 220. Uh, he has five walks on the season. Five. He's hit into, I think, 13 double plays. Like to me, like, like how, and he's not, good defensively how how do you have these guys that you just keep going with instead of these guys that are performing in the second league and what happens is they bring them up and they're like oh you can play in the eighth inning mm. and oh you struck out and you won at that back down to the second league 
instead of you know, giving them a week of starts and a week of getting a feel for everything and then seeing how they do. They, they're like, oh, you had one opportunity, that was it, go back down to the second league. Here comes this you know, 35-year-old, now he's going to play for the rest of the season. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Fully probably, understand. Yeah, you could probably do like a five-hour podcast on the, the troubles with the Eagles <laughs> at the moment. Uh, can, I, can I just ask you, Virgil, uh, briefly about the foreign players as well? Um, fan favorite Jared Hoying went earlier on the season, a major part of the 2018 playoff um, challenging team. Uh, the Eagles have had mixed success, like pretty much every team in this league when it comes to foreign batters and uh, pitchers. What is your overall outlook of the, the foreign player recruitment in the last, pretty much since you came then in 2014? Uh, I mean, they, they've had success. I mean, they definitely have had success. You know, PA was very good, uh, good defensively, had power, had speed. Uh, but then they brought in the new coach and who didn't want to sign him, who wanted to sign his own. And then they brought in Niger Morgan, who might quite possibly be one of my least favorite baseball players of all time. And like, I was just like, why are you signing this guy? He does not fit the East Asian mentality, the East Asian thinking, the Korean thinking of hierarchy and tradition. And he, he, they kept him in the second league and then they ended up cutting him and then they brought in different guys. Rosario was really good. Uh, but again, Rosario was like, it, they have these guys that are second and third reincarnations of each other. They have Kim Taegyun, who plays first and DHs. And they brought in Rosario, who plays first in DHs. And then they have Lee sung who plays first in DHs. And then they have Che Jin Hang, who plays outfield in DHs. So they just have the same, they have different people that are the exact same versions of everything. They're not filling their, like their needs but they just keep signing the same people. And one thing, especially the last two years with Hoeing and uh, Samson, Hale, uh, Suffold and Bell, one thing that I noticed is uh, the, the thing that most people that don't watch baseball or don't, specifically don't watch Hanwha is their older players don't seem to care. Like they just go through the motions. They don't run out baseballs. They don't get upset whenever, you know, they're, when they have an air or they don't get upset whenever, like they, they show no emotion. They show, to me as a fan, they show no heart. And that's the thing that I say, the biggest thing about Hoeing was he played hard. Hmm. And those new guys, the Jonganu or uh, Jonganwan, he came up and he saw that. And that's huge. Like you can't, that's not something that you can measure in a player that you have to see in a player. And that's one thing with Sopold, who's not having the greatest year, but like he is intense. He is like giving everything. Like he's showing, like if he gives up a home run, there was the, the gif or the audio of him uh, letting out some <laughs> choice words when he gave up a home run. Like I love to see that. I love to see the fire and passion from the players because the younger players need to see that. They don't need to see the guy that's, you know, hits a grounder and doesn't even make it to the, the runner's lane box and the shortstop 
bobbles the ball and he would have been safe if he was running out the running out the grounder and so as far as even if their production isn't good like what they're showing the kids what they're showing the younger players is huge for me as a fan to see it's an interesting point um for people who uh, know anything about um, East Asian culture, the uh, emphasis placed on elders and uh, leadership from them is really important. So it must be frustrating as a fan. Uh, my question is because we started talking about uh, foreign players in the KBO. Uh, Brandon Barnes, I think he's one of the newest additions to the league. Uh, 88 uh, uh, at bat or at the plate at bats, I should say. Uh, have you been following his career in the KBO? Uh, specifically or and if so what are your thoughts on how he's done so far I see his his average is uh, 227 right now yeah uh, I, I mean I'm following him and the thing with Barnes is you know he's older I think he's 35 uh, 36 uh, he had a really good year last year in AAA and he turned that into what it is now uh, as far as like his performance, it's hit and miss, uh, which is that they're paying him a hundred thousand dollars, which is so cheap for a foreign player. Like they're getting their money's worth of that. Definitely. He plays hard. Now he's playing first base because Kim Tae-gyun is injured again, uh, where he's normally a, uh, right fielder. But he hustles, you know, he shows emotion. He gets upset, you know, at himself. He's not upset at others. But he's, you know, he's showing that he cares. He's showing that he tries hard. Uh, so as far as that goes, that's, you know, definitely a plus. His performance, 227. But the, his war is 0.54, which I think puts him in the top five for Hanwha, which is – kind of gives you an example of how bad they are this season so i think this is yeah puts him number six on the team with his 0.54 war right fair enough and he was hitting six out of the order today as well so a uh, quick fire thing for you to finish out the segment before we move on to the hall of fame so most important player for hanma this season who's impressed you the most in five uh, words or less <laughs> jung Gino. Uh, okay. Solid defense. Cool. Uh, who has been the least impressive player for you? Uh, Song Guan Min. Uh, no defense, not clutch. And what is the position that Hanwan need to fix? Third base. All right. So hopefully the Hanwan coaches got those bullet points and they'll be able to put them into practice. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time to move on to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, let's have a chat about Hall of Fame. Uh, we had an interesting one last week with the oversized baseballs, uh, celebrity first pitches, and for some reason, Pat Chan Ho's hair. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the most unusual choice we've, we've had so far. Um, I always like when we get uh, guests like Virgil or Rob or Jiho to come on because uh, – you just, you're just never really sure what they're going to say. We've, we've had some crazy ones throughout the year, though, as well. Let's not forget the Soul Subway system and Exo 5 or 8 to 6 at um, 
sports complex uh, station. So, Matthew, do you have last week's results ready? Well, first off, an apology because I started the poll when we went live with the recording for this. So, this poll's been running for 45 minutes at this point. But, um, yeah, we do have far and away a uh, massive loser in me for choosing oversized team baseballs. <laughs> Park Chano's hair came second with five votes. And, uh, yeah, celebrate your first pitches that uh, Old Chestnut wins with nine votes this week. So, cool. first off, massive shout-out to the Mike ABO community in a for short getting 16 votes in in 45 minutes. Well done. You, um, you've done us all proud. So, I, I have a 5-4 lead over you, uh, Matthew. Is that right? And we've got two guests who have been successful so far as well? Uh, we definitely had one successful guest. Did we have a second? Like, Justin won with the water park. Did Stephen Hendry win with the people in Jamshield selling beers and fish? No, I won that one with the uh, trash bags. But that was an episode with me and Bradley. Oh, no, that was, um, that was a different one. That was with uh, Jiho and the Bat. Yeah. I'll have to double-check that, okay. actually. We'll have a look. But uh, another, another big victory for myself. I'm delighted. I'm delighted with this. Um, I don't think uh, I'm going to win this week. But I'm, I'm really proud of my nomination in, in honor of, of Virgin Hodges. We'll get, on to, we'll get on to that later on. I think we should let our guest uh, choose his nomination first for Grand Slam KBO's Hall of Fame. Uh, this one is, uh, actually near and dear to me because Hanwha is the only ones that do not have this in the entire KBO. I am going with the one liter beer pitchers that you can purchase inside and outside of the stadium mm. for 4,000 won. Yeah. So Hanwha doesn't have those, no? No. And they had them... Last year or two years ago, they had them for the first two, three weeks, and then they stopped carrying them again. They they only sell the cans, and they have to pour the cans into the cups, and it takes forever to yeah, get wow. you know everything. So yeah, it's like in Champions Field as well with those cans in a cup. Like I went to Champions Field like on three occasions, mm. got stopped by security for carrying the can to my seat put the can in the oversized cup and they were like, okay, carry on, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. But Loophole. wonderful. Um, I love it. No, Great they, selection uh, though. Yeah. I, I had to do some research on this. I, I had a couple options, but I had to go with beer. <laughs> yeah. The 4,201, I think it is in Jamshirl for the leader is incredibly good value, but isn't it, I think it's like seven or eight bucks in the Gochak Sky Dome for a similar thing. <laughs> Or you can get Asahi for like nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. And the, the beautiful yeah, but you can, yeah, you can carry them in though. And that's what's yeah. so amazing yeah. about the KBO is like you can, you know, buy them at the the convenience store on the way and then just take them in yeah. and then if you need refills then you can get them. Yeah. Just go All you need is two. Turn them into Thunder Six afterwards as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or hurl them um, at your I least favorite player. Yeah. Next up, um, I'd say let's have Bradley Hyder. He's been away for a while. Let's see if he can get off that massive donut. My participation in this contest, if we'll call it, just is a reflection <laughs> of my belief that winning isn't everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, 
I, I don't know if we have any hard rules about this. All of the nominations have to do with the KBO, and that's fine. But uh, I'm going to, if there's a rule, I'm, I'm going to break it. Um, um, I just want to be very specific because um, it can be a broad topic. Is uh, with the recent passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman and uh, my love of baseball, I want to nominate uh, specifically his role in the film 42, which for those of you who've never watched movies is the story of uh, Jackie Robinson. And um, at my age, I learned about Jackie Robinson, but I think maybe the generations below me may not have learned or not have the opportunity to learn about what Jackie Robinson did. So what I like is what how he brought that to the screen for everybody, but especially the younger generations. And, and obviously his performance was amazing. Um, also the behind the scenes sort of performances of people who, who we may not know about, his supporters and detractors. And uh, his, his widow, Mrs. Robinson, said, I love the movie, and I quote, I love the movie, I'm pleased with it, it's authentic, and it's also very powerful. So that tells me that he put a lot of effort into uh, work to demonstrate uh, the real um, character of Jackie Robinson and not uh, stretching it out like Hollywood sometimes does. So I wanna nominate him, his, specifically his performance in the film 42. If you haven't seen it, what better time than now? I wholeheartedly second that people, if they have not seen it, absolutely must watch that movie and learn the history. Like the man set the stage for so many of the great players we've seen in MLB, KBO. Like if it weren't for him, then my selection wouldn't have ended up getting into the KBO to begin with because he'd have never been given a shot. Mm. So um, uh, before we move on to my selection, Andrew, Virgil, do you have anything you'd like to add on to that? No, it's a good one. That's very uh, timely too. Uh, it's it's a good session. I think you'll you'll definitely get a lot of a lot of favor for that one. That was a yeah. It's it's in the news obviously these days, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's a good. It's definitely a good shout out. Yeah, just basically like it. It's it's strange or coincidental or you know some other power that he passed on Jackie Robinson day in the MLB. So like putting those two things together, you know, yeah, I mean, the timing and I, I like you, I want to say the timing is good, but also the timing is bad as, you know, anytime someone passes is, is bad, but yeah, I mean, definitely watch the movie uh, and understand kind of like more of the history of baseball instead of just the game. Mm -hmm. Interesting yeah, how it was uh, on Jackie Robinson Day. And for those that don't know, what was to be Jackie Robinson Day 2020 what was just a temporary thing. Um, like many events this year, um, Jackie Robinson Day was postponed. It's usually, I believe, the 15th of April. So it's not even the annual um, for, Jackie Robin, for Jackie Robinson Day. So uh, very, very unique indeed. Mm. Well, cheers to Chadwick Boseman and cheers to Jackie Robinson. So, my nomination for the Hall of Fame is um, another Montreal connection. My recommendation is Tyrone Woods, who in his first season won the Hitters Championship and the Home Run Championship as well. 
ended up with 42 home runs and over 100 hits for the season where they hadn't fully adapted into a nine-team league and they hadn't gone on to the 130-odd game monstrosities that they have now in each season. But yeah, Tyron Woods, like the legend among the foreign players and kind of set the stage for what an MVP caliber player should be coming into the league. That former Tucson Bear, wasn't he? Yep, he got signed by OB at the time. Yeah. Uh, MVP. I can't heard of him. Yep. And rounding it out, Andrew Farrell. What's your nomination for this week? You've been teasing us all day, saying that you've got a legendary one. Is it better <laughs> than uh, the three we've had so far? This oh, well, I'll, I'll leave cast. that up to the. I'll leave that up to the the wonderful people on my KBO and Twitter to decide. But <laughs> as I said, in in honor of uh, Virgil um, composing himself for about twenty minutes and not getting the lawyers involved with explicits on the Hanway Eagles, I, I would just like to nominate the long-suffering Hanway Eagles fans who have to put up with. Since I came to Korea in two thousand and nine, that's ten seasons of absolute garbage in one season of, of playoff baseball. And I think the thing I like about it most is, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but a number of years ago, there was a survey or a study of some sort, and they found out that a lot of baseball fans in Korea normally change teams every seven years. It was some weird number like that. Like Bradley changes mm-hmm. team whoever finishes top, but normally, <laughs> normally, <laughs> normally fans will change every seven years. And I, I can't imagine anybody jumping onto the Hanway Eagles um, bandwagon if such a thing exists so the fans who are turning up there every day at Hanbat baseball stadium are they have to be the they have to be considered the most loyal fans in korea that they're willing to keep going back day after day for a team that rarely looks like will finish bottom of the table so that's to you that's that silence says everything (laughs) (laughs) Uh, silence for the hanwa eagles yeah. You, you know what? It would be on brand if they if that nomination ended up finishing last this week as well. Yeah, yeah, should be. And then they they, they can just trade. I, I can just make a trade or something, and we get get a no Suguan type trade in there and uh, make make another suggestion next week. But I always love going to Hambada. Uh, uh, mm. The last time I I met I met Virgil there before when the Eagles swept the Tigers in a midweek series. Um, uh, Hanbat, when you look at all the new ballparks in Korea, it's obviously really tacky and worn down and it's in badly need of either a facelift or just to be completely demolished. But and it's like rows that just seem to end. There's no explanation. A row of seats will just sort of end at this particular point. And, but as we were saying before we came on today, you can walk the whole way around the stadium and the outfield seats, there's some crazy selection of seats in the outfield, like almost mm-hmm. like diner style tables and chairs or whatever um it's a really good place it's a really really good place to watch baseball so they are in the process of um building a new stadium day john if you ever get the chance to go to a game i'd highly recommend day john and i think bradley hyder bradley hyder's life changed after he went to a game the hanway eagles game before him i did i was i wasn't gonna bring that that bit up but uh, (laughs) the last time i was at a game um I took my best man out to the game to say thank you. And I got the most expensive seats. I mean, they weren't real expensive, but they were right behind home plate. Uh, we ended up being on television. 
And uh, just one of many, many great moments at that ballpark. And uh, I love going down to Dayjohn. I usually make, well, I'm in Dayjohn frequently, but I get to a game usually one or two times a year. And uh, I had many uh, plans this year to get to some games. So uh, I, I second what Andrew said. It's a great stadium, and uh, it's, a, it's a good night out. There's one good thing I'd say about the Eagles. They, the Eagles have always had the best uniforms in this league. You guys agree with that? I like the orange, and I like that charcoal color one that they have, too. The, the best what? Uniforms. Oh, they're great. Yeah, the orange. Yeah, and the one that are, are we uh, talking was, in general for the day-to-day -day uniforms or the specials? Because uh, there's the day -day some ones. phenomenal day -day. specials from other teams. Mm. The day-to-day, -day, the day-to-day, -day, you know, the, the one that Virgil's wearing today, and the orange one that you'll see normally too. I think I think orange is such a unique color to wear for a sports team. Um, so I, yeah, I always thought that their uniforms are by far the best. The Tigers ones are awful. I think I hate I hate I haven't bought a Tigers uniform mm. since 2012 because they look rubbish. <laughs> But the Eagles ones are definitely, definitely much better. Yeah, yeah, the, the black with the orange that you got right there. Yeah, yeah. here's a little interesting thing. Uh, the Hanwha Eagles changed from red to their current colors of orange, white, and gray in after the 2006 season. Uh, the 2006 season was the last year that they won a playoff series. <laughs> so, <laughs> Time to yeah, I, that I, color, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe that's the reason. That's the curse. Is uh, they lost in 2006 to Samsung in the Korean series, and I'm thinking maybe that they need to switch back to the old red and whites, and maybe that might be what their problem is. It may not be anything that I said it was today. It may literally just be that obviously like the Cardinals, the greatest color for a baseball team is red and the baseball gods are holding it against Hanwha for leaving red to become orange. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, speaking of playoff success, the Tigers haven't won a playoff series to advance to the next round since they changed from Heite to Kia. So they've won two Korean series in that time, but they haven't actually won like a playoff series to advance to the next level since Hete uh, sold the team to Kia, ah. which is really, really ah. strange. They've, they've lost every playoff series that they've been in that they haven't finished top of the regular season since the team changed ownership. Um, so like, as we were talking about this with Rob Smith last week, I think people look at, you know, two, I've, seen, I've seen two championships here since I came over, but otherwise in almost every single other season, they've been fifth to eighth or ninth on the table. It's not like they're... Um, a particularly successful team year to year in the last decade or so. But uh, yeah, I, I, I admire the Hanwha fans. I've always had a good time down in day, John. I love, I love the walk from Hanback Bat to that area where there used to be a bar called Yellow Taxi. I think it's gone now. But there used to be the, that, 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 that part of town was always a great walk back after a game there. Mm. Um, before we go, what do you guys all, uh, I, I like when we do these podcasts and everybody's having a drink. What's in front of all you guys? You can, you can tell all of your fans around the world, what, what do you drink when you're doing a Grandson KBO podcast on a Sunday night? Shall I go first with this one? It's, yeah. it's, well, I've had a couple of beverages while we were doing this. I started out with a Corona. Then I moved on to a Guam Brewery mango beer, which was... <laughs> horrible and i would not wish on my worst enemy and now i am on that classic of lambic ales the duchess de Bourgogne. 
<laughs> which uh, I probably butchered the pronunciation. But it's a cherry sour ale from the Flanders region in Belgium. It's delightful. Actually, your pronunciation sounded, I don't know if that was real or not, but that sounded, can you say that for, for us again, please? Duchesse de Bologna. <laughs> That's great. That was really good. Um, You're welcome. Let's hear yours. Well, I was going to say, Bradley's actually replaced his picture with a bottle of wine and a can of pop house. We'll ask for his explanation later. Um, <laughs> Virgil, what do you have? You, you, you brought in a couple of cans earlier on. Uh, so I, I want to make a, a little, a little announcement. When I'm watching Cardinals baseball, I only drink Budweiser. Uh, okay. Obviously, like I, I, I cannot drink anything except Budweiser whenever I'm watching uh, Hanwha or when I'm watching Cardinals games for a specific reason, which is why I like going to Kia because they're the only stadium that sells Budweiser. Uh, oh. Today I'm drinking a Patagonia Wise and a Jeju Pelong Ale. Mm. Uh, you those but, everywhere. The Jeju brewery is yeah. really good. Yeah, but as in true baseball fan fashion, I am drinking my beer out of a baseball bat <laughs> a, from Dugout Mugs. I'm going to give a shout out to them, even though they're, nobody in Korea can actually get one. Uh, I'm drinking my beer out of a hollowed out, authentic baseball bat. So um, give, give us a little more detail about that. If people wanted to get those, yeah, if they're listening from the States. Uh, so we have a, a few people who can get them to us. <laughs> yeah, so it's a company called Dugout Mugs. Uh, and you go to their websites. You can type in whatever you want, uh, minus certain words that you can't put, that they flag in the system. Uh, mine is actually in, I had mine put in Korean. Uh, says dreads number 67 which is my the number that i and name that i wear on the back of my jerseys uh they have all kinds of things not just baseball uh drinking mugs but they also have wine glasses and bottles and baseballs and everything for all kinds of drinking so definitely recommend checking it out uh cool. you'll have to get someone in the u.s to get it to you but you can definitely they're they're amazing I'm sure Bradley's going to want to jump in on this in a second because he's looking crazy excited while he's typing away and searching for this site. But well, why did you end up picking the number 67? Uh, I am actually, uh, I'm a frat boy. Uh, I was in a fraternity uh, when I was getting my master's degree back in Northwest Missouri State. Shout out to the Bearcats. Uh, and that is my bond number. So that is my... The number that I pick, this is the number I have on the back of these jerseys, the numbers I have on back of like my actual baseball jersey that I play with and everything. So that is the that is the reasoning behind the 6-7. Although there is now a player for Hanwha that has 6-7, uh, which angers me because now I'm not the only one. You'd have to retire that number, get, get the Eagles to retire that number for you. Um, actually, that, that site that you were saying there, I'm just having a look at it, uh, Dugout Mugs. If we do manage to get something like this for the show, I can almost see somebody putting that in as a Hall of Fame nomination. Some of these um, bats look really, really cool. Um, I'd love to get one for Bradley for his birthday, but I just don't know what team logo to put on it because it'll probably be <laughs> As soon as you pick it but up, you need, a, you need a bunch of removable. Just half and half. It. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Roddy? I saw a Hop House 13 on the table there. Well, I started off with uh, 
a bottle of wine, which I shared with my wife. It's uh, Barone Maxime 2018. Um, purchased at Costco. Does not break, does not break the bank. Barone Maxim. France. <laughs> uh, I moved on to my favorite number, uh, 13. Hop House. And for after the show, there's a, a fancy, it's a very fancy, um, you know, I, 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 you can save a lot of money on drinking local beer and you can s spend the money you save on more expensive, uh, fancy beverages like this Please one. Please tell that me it's not a fee light. Germany. You may have heard of it. It's called <laughs> Jägerbeiter. Oh, God. Speaking oh. of brat boys, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can, I can feel the pain from here. Mm. Yeah, I keep this under the table, out of the camera most of the time. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good way to top off the show. Wine, beer, then Jägermeister, you monster! On a Sunday yeah. night of all things, nobody doesn't want to work tomorrow on Zoom. <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, Andrew, what's been on uh, your table? What's been in your glass today? I've I've had an apple fox, and I was glad that some of you guys have had beers that also appear in the convenience store four for 10 selection. That was a, a previous nomination there for the, the Grand Sam KBO Hall of Fame. I like Abba Fox. I like summer. I like a, a cider in the summer with a, a glass full of ice. Um, but I only had one in my fridge and it's a controversial choice for beer number two. Although um, Virgil was saying that he doesn't mind that I am now drinking a can of terror um, because that's all, that's all that's in my fridge at the moment. The, Australian golden, whatever, Australian something it says on it. But yeah, this, this new Korean beer that I think replaced height, admit it. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It will do for a Sunday night podcast. That's all I can say for it. Um, before we let you guys all go, like there are games on at the moment. There's really no point in um, looking at the table or anything, anything like this. But um, if it's always good to have a new person on as well, just to ask this question. But Virgil, if you had to pick right now who you think will will take that last playoff spot, are your your eyes on the KT Wiz? Uh, <laughs> I would say my eyes would say KT Wiz uh, specifically for uh, one reason that has a problem with both teams, and that's their second for Lote and for Kia is their second foreign pitcher. Uh, both of those teams have their second foreign pitcher is not living up to the foreign pitcher standards, whereas KT, all three of their foreign players are producing. Uh, KT was six last year. Uh, they finally finished 500. I think this is the year that they make it to the playoffs. Now, do I think that they can beat Tucson, LG, Nexon, or I'm going to call them Nexon until I can't say it anymore. Nexon and NC, no. But they're going to make the playoffs finally. Okay. Um, Matthew, I see coming up this week, we have another Lote versus Kia series to look forward to. In Sajik, anything less than two inches from two should be deemed a disaster for the Lotte Giants. Am I right based on Kia's current form? It depends on who's starting for Lotte. For some reason, Kia always seem to step up their game when they play against the Giants. 
be it in Guangzhou or in Sajik. So I could actually see that being a split series. And Bradley, the NC Dinos, your team mm-hmm. uh, in the here or in the Gochuk Sky Dome this week. That would have been a really that would have been an, an epic series to go see. And given the two teams in action, tickets wouldn't have been hard to come by either. That would have been a nice uh, way to start the new week. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're asking me who my team's going to win. I think. Uh, uh, obviously, I want the Dinos to to sweep the heroes, but I I think they'd be lucky if they um, if they can uh, pull off two wins and one loss. What does your magic coin say for this week? Magic coin, like as in who am I cheering for? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he hasn't got it with him. So um, let, let's hear it then. So Virgil, if you would have a magic coin, who would be the other face of it? Yeah, well, there it is. There we go. Uh, oh, Dinos it is. So let's go. All right. If, if, I had a team bes- if I had a team besides Hanwha, who would it be? Yeah. It, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it would be surprising. It would be KT. All right. I have, yeah. So I actually have, so I have KT phone, KT internet, KT uh HD TV or whatever, but KT, their first full year in the KBO was 2015, and my first full year in Korea was 2015. Mm, uh, also, like it was meant to be. Yeah, strangely enough, uh, and I know I'm going to catch from this, Suwon's Park is my favorite place to go. Is Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I just when i go there i have a different feeling when i get there like mm-hmm. when i'm walking into the stadium and like i just have like a different feeling comes to me as versus all of the other stadiums like obviously hanbat you know or hanwha sangmyong eagles park uh has a different feel than all the other ones but if like of all the road stadiums that i've been to i suwon is actually my favorite stadium for some strange reason that's a fair call it's a fair call i um i go down and well pre-covid times uh i'm usually there a minimum uh, two saturday nights per year uh I, I agree it's a great stadium it's a good environment and there are some good places to go out and, and, and visit and so on after the game as well. So it's, uh, it's good. I agree. It's a great ballpark. Um, guys, it's been a long show today. It's been a long Sunday night. Um, for anybody who's watching or listening to this who would like to follow you on Twitter, um, how can they do so, Mr. Hodges? Uh, most of my SNS is uh, at DreadsRock, D-R-E-A-D-S-R-O-K. Uh, for those that wonder, dreads is in my hair and ROK is in Republic of Korea. So D-R-E-A-D-S-R-O-K. You spend a lot of time on Twitter talking about Korean baseball? Uh, I, I don't spend too much time on it, uh, but I, I, do, I do daily frequent. Uh, I, get, I actually get most of my MLB news from there. Uh, with Gio and Daniel Kim, like 
some of the updates as far as like the KBO and uh, Jiho's English uh, articles and then, you know, other little things that I could get in Korean and I could read and kind of understand. But when they're putting it in English for me, that's way less work that I have to do. So checking out, checking out that. Um, thanks for giving us so much of your time on a Sunday as well. We appreciate it. Did you enjoy your first Zoom KBO, Grand Time KBO podcast experience? Uh, I definitely did. It's it's nice to uh, talk baseball with people, uh, especially people that understand the KBO, follow the KBO, and kind of not only understand just the KBO and baseball, but also understand how the Korean culture also fits in with the KBO specifically where most of the people, you know, on Twitter, they don't understand that stuff where how it all mixes together. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Coming up again. in the, uh, in the near future, would you be interested? I'll dangle that little carrot out to you now. Reckon you'd be interested in joining in for the ranked uniforms episode when we look at Bingre and Hanwai uniforms? You seem to have a lot of to them. Yeah, I could definitely partake in that. And uh, unfortunately, one of my things with Hanwha is they don't offer a lot of yearly uniforms like the other teams, which is something that I I hold against them, actually. Well, we'll see what happens when we get that episode put together in a few weeks from now. Is that, is that Jägermeister nice, Bradley? What's that? The Jäger nice? It's great. I keep it in the freezer. You can see the uh, the, the frost. <laughs> that 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 was just the face of pain right there. Yeah. It looked pretty bad. It's um, Sunday, August the thirtieth here in Korea. So I'm guessing we might see Bradley on the show maybe sometime at the end of September or early October, whenever it's <laughs> again. But thanks for taking the time to talk to us again today, Bradley. My pleasure. Um, whenever I'm on the show again, I'm uh, by that time I'm sure I would have gone through several teams, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, good stuff, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Um, enjoy the baseball this week. Hopefully the monsoons don't uh, come back and have too many cancellations. Thanks again for all of your time. Um, last word to you, Virgil. Uh, first of all, I, I, I would not sleep well tonight if I didn't do this, but uh, I haven't been home since 2017. So I want to say hi, mom. So <laughs> I, I, I have to say hi, hi to my mom because Otherwise, she will disown me by the time I get back to the U.S. But thank you guys for having me. It's been an absolute experience. Uh, definitely want to do it again if cool. you guys throw out right, the yeah. offer. We well, would love to have you on again. Cheers to Miss Hodges. Yeah. Hello, hello, Virgil's mom. And uh, <laughs> make sure you send the link on to her, and she can, you know, she can pass it around to all of her friends and family too. Very good. Cool. Guys, thanks very much. Have a great week. And thanks to everybody for listening. Goodbye. Ciao. Bye-bye. All right.